0: Really, really, really well there. You know, there's been a little concern, and so I wanted to address it just a minute before we went on. There's been, seems, a little concern about um, Keith being in one place and me being another, but let me uh, put that little concern to rest. Um, All week long, Keith and I are together unless he's on the road. Like this afternoon, as soon as this service is over, we will see how quickly I will be in an airplane back there and be back there by 4 o'clock this afternoon and be with him. And then we'll be together all week long again, and then one of us will be on a Friday night in one place probably, and then a Saturday and Sunday, but we're together all week long unless something really is tragic and, and something is going on, so we're not apart, and we're not in different places very much, and we're together, and, and uh, even when he's going someplace, sometimes I try to go with him too, so um, we're, we're good So uh, there's no concerns. We just, we had a job to do. And sometimes there's jobs that you have to do. And sometimes you have to be where you don't always want to be and you don't always get to do what you want to do and you don't get to whine about it and you don't get to cry about it. You just, like I said, Friday night, pull up your big girl pants and do it. You know that? That's right. That's right. And um, actually... I whined just a little bit when we got ready to come home the other day because he was actually, actually he was going to keep Dave there and I said you know what because um, he had the service you know and I said you're used to doing everything by yourself you know you start the service you can sing I said so let me have Rob so he can open and um, and then I got to thinking I said you know what I don't ever do the offering I said so let me have Dave so he can do the offering. <laughs> And um, I said, uh, then I'll just do the sermon, and then, you know, day can close. And I said, you can handle it all by yourself, right? I said, I'll send Dan with you, and he can help you take care of everything else that goes on, the parking lot, the ushers, the children. And he said, Phil, okay. <laughs> Isn't that a sweet husband? Yeah, he's used to doing it more than I am, so he's so sweet. He does it. So we got to come in, and he got to stay there and do all the rest of it. So that's really a good thing. What about Friday night at 630? Y'all like that? What about the rest of you? Ya? Y'all didn't like it? Okay. Well, too bad. That's what it is. I liked it. I liked it, so that was good. So, uh, yes, yeah, Sarasota's growing. I told them Friday night we've already had people saved, so your seed is prospering already. Yes. Yes. And uh, Keith taught Friday night about the helper. Does anybody know what that's about? The Holy Spirit. Spirit. So I said, did anybody get filled? He said, you know what? We didn't have a ministry line, but I believe they did. So uh, I think it's going really, really well there. And uh, we'll keep giving you reports about how things are going. But we're not on the Internet this morning, even though the cameras are up and going. So uh, we are going to have a really good time. Are you ready for it this morning? All right. We're going to teach on something. I said Friday night. You know, I want us to get back to some basics on some things because uh, um, when I got in the ministry, or we got in the ministry, Keith and I, um, I was raised in a denomination where we didn't know a lot about a lot of things. You know, I didn't even know the story of um, Daniel and the Lion's Den. You know, I didn't know a lot of the old Bible stories the way I grew up. I didn't know a lot of the stuff that, you know, a lot of denominations and stuff knew. And so then when we went to Ramah... Um, Keith got just into the ministry full bore, you know, and he was studying the Word and he was studying the Word and he was studying the Word night and day. And uh, I was studying working and I was studying working and I was studying working and I was working and I was working. And so, you know, again, you try to put those two together and they don't mesh real well sometimes because he's learning lots about the Word and I'm learning lots about being secular, you know, and that doesn't always work real well. And so um, when you try to grow together that way and one person is growing spiritually and the other person is growing naturally or secularly, you're going to have a mess. You're just going to have a mess because what happens is um, one person is growing closer to God and they act and think the way God acts and thinks maybe more, and then the other person is growing more to the worldly way that they do things, and so they act and think more the way the world acts and thinks, and you're going to have collisions and collidings. And uh, it's only when two walk together that they can be agreed. And so um, God didn't put us here to be divided and he didn't put us here to be separate he wants us to grow up together and so the more that we can grow and learn what each other knows nobody nobody wants to be the dummy Do you understand what I mean by that but the bad part about it is we humans have so much pride we never want anybody to know we're the one that doesn't know it we don't want anybody to know. You know, so I went with Keith everywhere he went, and everybody just thought I knew it. I'm going to tell you a story I've, I don't know if I've ever told in public before. And I, it just came up on my heart. So, I'm just, you know me, I'll just spill my guts about anything that embarrasses me, so long as it helps you. We had been, Keith had been at Rama for years. And he had been teaching at healing school for year after year after year. And, um,. He was, they were talking about, it was big back in the you know, early 80s about casting out devils and doing all this stuff. And they were talking about it and it was going on and Brother Hagin was teaching about it. And all these things were going on. And I mean, that's all we heard in you know, seminars. And I was just getting bits and pieces of it here and there, bits and pieces of it. And he was feeding on it constantly because of his classes and because of this. And so I heard the bits and pieces of what they were doing. And so one day, I was working in a doctor's office, which I did for decades. And uh, there was this lady came in. She had to be, and I'm not exaggerating, she had to be 80 years old. And she walked with a cane. And she came in our office to get worked on. And she was just as feeble as she could be. And uh, the doctor that I worked for had been a spirit-filled Christian for years. And I was a real baby. I hadn't been working there that long. And I had just come out of another denomination. And I knew very, very, very little about the things of God. Almost nothing. But I had heard all the right jargon to say. Because I'd been around it. So she came in there. And she was, had just exactly the right things to say. And she came up with this spiel about how she didn't have the money, and she was 80 years old, and she was really hurting. And I just felt really, really sorry for her. So I went to the doctor, and I convinced him to work on her. He told me she was messed up. He said, we're going to cause ourselves a problem if we do this. And I said, oh, come on, you know, and I convinced him to work on her. I said, she's an 80-year-old lady. What kind of problem could she cause us? You know? So we went ahead and we x-rayed her. And he worked on her, and she left. Well, the next day, she comes back, little cane and all fragile little thing. Really, really fragile. I mean, if you puff on her, you'd blow her over. The next day, she came in, With her little cane, just as fragile as could be. And um, she said she wanted her x rays. So I thought, oh no, here we go. And uh, I went and I got her x rays. And first off, you're not supposed to at that point in time. They told us, I don't know what the law is now, but at that point in time, x rays belonged to the doctor, they didn't belong to the patient, and lots of different things, you know. And so, but we were going to give them to her to keep from causing a scene because she was yelling and screaming and causing a big scene. And the office was just, it was what—it always seemed to happen, and you, doctors know this, anybody that works in a doctor's office, it always seems to happen when it's the fullest with people and everybody is around, and it's just never when nobody else is in the office. So she comes in, and she's just wailing and screaming, these are not my x-rays. My x-rays were color x-rays. Well, there's no such thing as a color (laughs) x-ray. And so I tried to convince this lady for the longest amount of time that there was no such thing as a color x-ray. Well, I took her finally. I convinced her to step out here with me. She didn't know it was the door to the outside. And I would get her x-rays. So I got her outside the door. And here I go. You could tell at that point in time the way she was. I had been around all these people saying this is spirits, spirits, spirits. So I thought this 80-year-old lady has got a spirit, (laughs) which she did. So I commenced to tell the spirit to come out of her. That 80-year-old lady beat me to a pulp with a cane. (laughs) I mean, she beat the pudding out of me. She was possessed by a spirit. She got on the bus immediately after that, grabbed the bus driver, which was 20-something years old, beat him with the cane, threw him off the bus in the middle of the street. He got run over by a car. She was possessed. But you know what the problem was? I did not know my authority. Just because somebody else knows their authority and just because somebody else knows the words to say and just because somebody else has the right words to say and just because somebody else knows the faith things to say and just because you've been around people that are saying the right things, just because you've been in a faith church, just because you've been around faith people does not mean you have any faith Just because this church says Faith Life Church on the front of it. Just because I lived with a man that knew about it. Didn't mean I knew anything about it. And I learned a real lesson then. I felt like the seven sons of Siva. Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? (laughs) And that's what happens to us. When we go trying to try the things of God, and we don't know our authority in God for ourselves, we're just trying it because we heard somebody else do it, and we have no foundation to build on, we're going to fall flat on our faces. And then we're going to blame God that he didn't come through for us. When God will always come through for you. He's never let anybody down. He's not looking to let anybody down. He wants to see us succeed. That's why he paid such a high price so that we could succeed. So this morning, I want us to go back, like we did Friday night, talking about our righteousness, and I want us to talk about faith this morning from the basis of it because you never can have too much faith. Anybody in here got too much faith? Then Rob says, get his soundboard for him. Right? So let's turn to the faith chapter. Anybody know where that is? Yeah. Hebrews. And let's read about it. And I'm going to read it out a bit of the Amplified, and I'm just going to skip over some things because there's a point that I'm wanting to get to you. The title this morning is Faith Takes Hearing, Not Seeing. That's the title this morning. Hebrews 11 in the Amplified. And like I say, you may just want to listen because I'm going to skip over bunches of things because I'm wanting to get a point across to you. Now, faith is the assurance of things we hope for being the proof of things we do not see. You get that? You do not what? 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 So if your kids are acting up, you do not what? If you don't have the money, you do not what? If your body is not healed, you do not what? If your mom and dad are acting crazy, you do not what? You do not what? See. Okay, so what is faith? Things you do not see. If you can see it, it ain't faith. And let me just throw one great big one in there. If you see your spouse acting right, guess what? It ain't faith. If you're believing for things in your marriage to get better and you say they ain't, if you see it, that ain't faith. That means it's happened. Faith is when you do not what? See. see. Faith is when you do not what? See. Faith is when you do not what? See. see. If you see it, it's already happened, okay? Say, faith is when I do not see. Say it with me. Faith Faith is when I do not see. Faith is when I do not see. Okay. For by faith, the men of old obtained a good report. Verse 3, by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed. Verse 4, prompted and actuated by faith, Abel brought God a better and more acceptable sacrifice than Cain. Verse 5, because of faith, Enoch was caught up and transferred into heaven. Verse 6, right in the middle of all this. Now, answer this question for me. He's telling by faith, by faith, by faith. He tells this right in the middle of it, then he goes back to by faith. I wonder why. Listen to this verse. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him and be satisfactory to him. For whoever would come to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he is a rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him. What that means is he's not trying to keep it from you. He's trying to reward you. He's not looking for a way to hold it back from you. He's looking for a way to get it to you. Amen. He's not holding it out here and saying, na 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 see if you can get it. That's not His way. He's saying He prompts you to do something. Then you act on it and you do it. Look at all these. Every one of these say they were prompted to do something, they did it and they got it. They were prompted to do something, they did it and they got it. They were prompted to do something, they did it and they got it. They were prompted to do something, they did it, they got it. Before they did what? Before they see it. They're prompted to do it, they did it and they got it. Keep listening. Verse 7. Prompted. By faith, Noah, being forewarned by God, took heed and diligently and reverently constructed an ark. Verse 8, urged on, by faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed. Verse 9, prompted by faith, he dwelt as a temporary resident. Verse 11, because of faith, also Sarah received power to conceive a child. Verse 13, these people all died, controlled, and sustained by their faith. Verse 17, by faith Abraham, when he was put to the test, stood firm because God said through Isaac shall your descendants be reckoned. Now let me ask you a question. If God tells you you're going to have this, What happens in the middle? Just last week in Florida, was it last week or our first service? Oh, you didn't hear the story. (laughs) Our first service, I think it was. First service. We read a testimony, and it was a really good testimony because there was this lady that said, Did y'all see it? Y'all remember it? Ha ha, y'all got it. She said that she, was it cancer? Yeah, y'all remember it? She had cancer. But she couldn't die with cancer because God told her she had to move to Florida and be a part of that church. Okay, so she had a word from God that she had to go to Florida and be a part of that church. So she couldn't die. What has God told you? What did he tell you? Did he tell you you were going to do this? Do you see it yet? If you don't see it yet, what does that mean? You keep standing till you what? See See it. Till you see it. That means you can't die. That means you can't quit. You stand till you see it. And that's what faith is. Faith is you don't get moved by everything that comes along the way. That's exactly what the devil's job is. This is what God tells you. And it's like, there's your answer. And it's like... I don't know. I wish I had a, a, a good illustration thing here. Okay, stand up here, Gary, just a minute. All right? Uh, stand over there. We'll just figure out an illustration here, okay? We'll just do something. All right? And uh, everybody, uh, five people right here. Come here. <laughs> we'll just do this along the way. All right? Try, uh, no, wait, just stand, stand there just a minute. And as I try to get to him, try to stop me. Just see, every one of y'all like y'all are darting across, one at a time, one at a time. These are these are all the obstacles that's trying to get, keep you from getting to him, one at a time. And that's what the devil's trying to do. And there's your answer. Right. That's all. That's his job. There's my answer. Okay. You might get past this one, but then you got to deal with this one. 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 And maybe this one's bigger than this one. Or maybe this one's bigger than this one. Or maybe this one's uglier than that one. (laughs) But that's your answer. And you just don't quit till they get out of your way. Till you see him, you don't let them out. See, she's gonna not let you quit. This one's tough. See, you have no idea, he says. This one's tough. He's going to go sit down. But you do not quit. You do not quit. You move all these obstacles out of the way till you see your answer. That's right. And it doesn't matter how tough they are, until you see until you see until you see what God told you, you do not quit. Amen. And you want me to tell you a secret? It's so much easier when two of you are agreed in walking together than it is when one of you is pulling this way and one of you is pulling this way. But that's all those things are. They're all just obstacles that you've got to get around. The answer is always there. If God told you the answer is there, I don't care how many obstacles he sets in your way faith sees it through Do you think every one of these people didn't have an obstacle that they had to overcome before they got to their answer Every person I think the biggest thing that I have learned about walking by faith is that irritates me it really really does is that faith people are such phony people sometimes. And it really irritates me because they make people think that if you're a faith person, you never have a test or a trial. And that is baloney, hogwash, mud. You show me one person that is a faith person that's never had a test or a trial, and I'll show you a liar. Because that is what faith is. that is why that word is there, is because faith means you have to stand when you can't see it. It's not, okay, we pray and we have it. Faith means you stand when the devil is throwing tough people at you. <laughs> people that don't quit, circumstances that don't quit, bills that don't quit. Pains that don't quit. When He keeps throwing those things at you, you keep waking up with the grace of God and taking that next step. And you wake up with the grace of God and you take the next step. That's what faith is. You don't quit. And you keep taking those steps and taking those steps every single day. And taking those steps and you don't quit. It doesn't matter what it looks like. It doesn't matter if, like Keith says, you got one nostril above water, you say, I'm winning. <laughs> but the reason that people think faith people are are such phony baloneys is because they they pretend like they've never had a test or trial when somebody comes to them to talk to them about it. You can make a faith confession, but you don't act like you've never had any attacks. When somebody comes to talk to you and they say, you know what, you know, I've been believing for this house, I've been believing for my bills, I've been believing for this. Well, you just need to say the right things. You're not saying the right things. Look at you. If you just say the right things, it would all be okay. You know what? There's this other verse that says, "You reap what you sow." And if you don't ever want anybody to be there for you, and you want the hardness and the things of God, that's what you want to sow. But no, you be there for him, and you say, "You know what? Sometimes things take longer than you, than you expect them to take. Sometimes things don't go exactly the way that you think they're going to go. Sometimes it, it's tougher. Than, but you know what? What it shows to me is you're growing, because it means you can stand." Elsewise, you'd be under. And you're still standing. But that's what faith does. It stands through the obstacles and stands through the test. And if they push you, you just sway with them and go with them. And you wake up the next morning, you wipe the tears and you get up and you go again. And you put a smile on your face. And you go again. And that's what faith is. You needn't think Brother Hagen, the man of faith, never had a test or trial. I was with him every day. I know he had tests and trials. I know Mom Hagen had tests and trials. They didn't broadcast him to the world, and I'm not going to broadcast him to the world, but I know. just because you're in faith, you put on your smile. And you go and you walk in faith and you love people. We, we've gotten to be such a society that we're so judgmental of each other that we can't even love each other because we don't want nobody to know that we've ever gone through anything. And we don't want anybody to get close to us because they might know that things are not perfect with me. So that means nobody can help anybody? No. No. Let's stir it. That's why we're supposed to, the Word says we're supposed to come together as a unit, to encourage, encourage one another and stir one another up and build one another up. Why would we have to build one another up if nobody was ever down? Right? Well, today you might have woke up and things might not be just as beautiful as you want them to be. So you go in and somebody sees that you are not got as big a smile as you usually have. You don't have to ask them why. Just say, you know what? It's going to be good. Things are going to be great. They're getting better all the time. You don't have to know the whole scenario. You can just tell by their countenance. It's going to get better. Things are going to get better. They're going to get easier. You don't have to know that him and her just had the knockout drag out the night before. If you got any spiritual sensitivity about you, it says you, which are spiritual, will restore people, not tear them down. And that's who we're supposed to be, the encouragers of the body. That's exactly what we're supposed to do. Look at, look at what um, Acts 14 says. I'll give you a couple of instances real quickly here. Acts 14 said they heard Paul speak and he told the man at Lystra who was impotent in his feet to do something what did he tell him to do stand up acts 147 through 10 verse 10 says stand upright on your feet could he do that absolutely not did he do it Can you do things that you didn't think you could do? Look at Mark 3. Same thing. It does not look like you can do things sometime. Jesus told the man with the withered hand. In verse 3, he says, stand forth. With the same tone, in verse 5, he says, stretch forth your hand. Well, he could stand forth, but could he stretch forth his hand? No. But he did. It's the same thing with you. Sometimes we convince ourselves we can't do anything. When what we have to do is we have to start taking these steps one at a time. And we have to put one foot in front of the other. But if we just lay there and say, Nothing's getting better, I don't see anything changing. just lay there in our bed and cry, it's not going to get any better. But what we do is we begin to take steps and as you take a step, you move one obstacle out of the way. Then you take another step and you move another obstacle out of the way. And things start to change because then the grace of God has something to work with. It has something to change. It has something to move out of the way. It has you to uplift and uphold. Look at the difference between... And you all know it. What was the difference between Thomas' faith and Abraham's faith? Does anybody know? Somebody had to see something. One was natural and one was spiritual. We all know the story about it. What do people have to stand on, though? Why could Abraham stand the word of God? Genesis 17:19 said, God said, Sarah, thy, your wife will bear you a son. So is it something he just conjured up in his heart, conjured up in his mind, came up with an idea, this is what we're going to do, we're going to have a baby? No, he got a word from the Lord. He heard from God. This is what's going to happen in your life. So when he got that word, he started on a path, and he considered nothing else but what God told him. He didn't consider the obstacles. He didn't consider the things that were happening. He didn't consider the, her body. He didn't consider his body. He considered nothing else but what God told him. And that's exactly what you have to do in your life. You've got to consider what God told you, The end. And all the things that come along the way, you push aside. But what you've got to decide is, did I tell me this or did God tell me this? And that's where the problem comes in. Because so many people have decided, this is God and this is what I'm going to do. Well, go back and check it out. Because if it keeps going all this time and nothing has happened, there's a difference between faith and your word. Because I know in my own heart when God has told us to do things, things start happening. Yeah, you have to stand in faith. But it's not a faith that it's going to happen at all. It's a faith that the obstacles that you come against, you have the answer for. Does that make sense to you? Okay, say for instance this building that we have in Florida. When we were gonna buy the building in Florida from the get-go, I knew that was our building. Well, it was in the newspaper that it was sold to someone else and that the city was subsidizing it and they were gonna have it and it was a contract on it and it was a done deal. Well, now, I didn't just sit around and say, okay, uh, I'm going to pout because it's already done and God let me down and da-da-da-da-da-da-da. I continued looking at buildings. I said I could miss it. But all the while, I kept my sights on that building and I kept checking on that building. Because you know what? Phyllis can miss it. In other words, I didn't just sit at home and say, God's going to send me a job. I kept looking at buildings all the while. How many buildings did I look at? Lots of buildings. I kept looking at buildings. And I said, okay, God... I trust you and I know if this is you it's going to work out. And I continued to look at buildings and I continued to look at buildings and I drove and I looked and I looked and I looked and all the while I had my hand on this one. When something would open up, I'd stick my foot in the door. All the while, I knew in my heart that was it. Well, this happened. Mm, a little rumble. But I kept looking at buildings. Well, the end result was we got that building. But from the natural, it looked like we were not getting that building. No way, no how. But that didn't mean that I just sat down and quit. It meant that I did everything that I knew to take steps, take steps. And you know what? All along the way, God was teaching me something about positives about the building I was getting, about why we didn't need to be over here and why we didn't need to be over here and why we didn't need to be over here and why this was a positive that we were here and we were learning things all along the way about the goodness of this building that we got. And we met people all along the way that were a help to us for the building that we got. Because we just kept taking steps and the obstacles kept falling away. And they kept falling away. And they kept falling away away. till we saw the end result. And we got it and it's soon going to be paid for. And we're having church in it today. It's the same way with your life. If you're believing God for something in your life and you're standing in faith for it, do not sit down and say, okay, God, just bring it to pass and sing, as Keith says, kumbaya. (laughs) No, guys. Get up. Stir yourself up. I don't care if it's been a day, a year, a month, 50 years and you haven't seen it yet. And you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, God told you it was yours. Start taking steps. I know, Keith told me. You know, it's, he's just funny sometimes. I have to think he's funny. For 30 years, I couldn't make a biscuit. And I'm an okay cook, but for 30 years, I couldn't make a biscuit. He wanted a biscuit. And I couldn't make a biscuit. I didn't quit. I never quit. I never quit, never quit, never quit. I finally can make an okay biscuit. Can I make an okay biscuit? I can I make an okay biscuit, okay? I make a biscuit. I said it before him. He says, you know what? I like biscuits, but you know what I like better than biscuits? Yeast rolls. I said, you have got to be kidding me. So here we go. In a week, I bet I made 6,000 yeast rolls. But the first batch that I tried to make, I put the yeast in it, nothing happens. I put the yeast in it, nothing happens. I put the yeast in it, nothing happens. I call, where is he? He's probably back there in the back somewhere. And uh, uh, I said, what's the deal with this yeast stuff? You know? He said, "We well, have got to test the yeast. I said, test the yeast? <laughs> he says, uh-huh. He says, you have to put it in some water at a certain temperature. Then you have to add a little sugar to it. I said, huh? <laughs> to yeast? He said, then you let it set, and it'll get all foamy and stuff. And then you put it in your stuff. I said, what? Okay, that's what you got to do with your faith. You got to start testing it. People are trying to do what I did with that woman with the king with their faith. They're trying to use things that they've heard people say, and they've seen people that's been in the ministry, and they've seen their friends that's been serving God for 40 years do th- with their faith, and uh, they ain't tested the yeast. you got to get a container, which is you, and you got to take a little bit of faith and put you a little bit of word with it and come up with a little bit of yeast roll before you try to make a whole bunch to serve to somebody. Hey, the first six dozen batches I made, I threw it out. It's like my first biscuit the dog wouldn't even eat. <laughs> The first yeast roll was the same way. (laughs) Well, it's the same way with your faith. Don't try to buy a house when you can't make a payment. If you can't pay your light bill with your faith, you shouldn't be believing God for a brand new house. Try to pay your light bill first. Get in faith. God... Send somebody to give me $200 this month to pay my light bill. They don't have to know what it's for, but I'm believing that you'll deal with them. $200 to pay my light bill. $200. That's all I'm believing for. $200, God. Test your faith. Add a little sugar to it. A little word. Read you some scriptures on faith. Stir yourself up. Start back there because otherwise, you don't even believe God's word is true. You believe God's letting you down. And He's not. You're just biting off yeast rolls when you can't even make biscuits. You understand what I'm saying? You're biting off more than you're able to deal with. And so then you're defeated. And God is not holding anything back from us, guys. He wants us to have everything. He's given us everything. But the devil, what he's doing to us, all of us, is he's trying his best because you found out about faith. You found out about it. So what he's trying to do is he knows you found out about it and he is scared crazy. So what he's going to try to do is get you off track. Because he knows if you ever learn how to work faith, he's lost. He has lost the battle. So he's going to try to get you to believe for something way beyond what your capacity is so that you can't do it. And then if you ever don't get it, you'll never try again. So go back, and back up, and start for something small, and get it, and get it to working, and test the yeast, and get that to working, and when it works, try another batch, and get it to working, and try another batch, and get it to working, and try another batch, and just keep working it until you can make a pretty good roll. then the devil can't do anything with you because you figured it out. What we used to couldn't believe for $10 a week. I used to, I'd think $10. God. Now we're having to believe in millions. But we couldn't have done it had we not believed for the 10. We could not have done it. So the devil wants to get you to where you hang around all these people that throw these big figures at you and these big things at you. And they say, we believed for this new car and God gave it to us. They didn't tell you they went in debt over their head. They left that part out. God gave it to them all right with a payment book about that thick. No. No. Don't let people other people's faith deter you. Because if you'll do it right, you'll far exceed them. Okay? Stand up on your feet. You guys got something you can sing. i